Hi, everybody. Welcome back to episode 102 of the Simply Well Podcast. I'm your host, Colin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. How are we doing, everybody? We're just a couple of best friends passionate about all things pop culture. If you're looking for lukewarm takes on movies, video games, TV shows, or even occasional comic, then we got the show for you. That's right. That is correct. This week, we uh, we took a peep-see at the old Dune Part 1. Dune Slayer. Dune, because uh, Chris has just never seen it, because he's a mm-hmm. fucking plub. Yep. Plebe, if you will. A lot of movies he hasn't seen, but uh, that was one of them. Now it's not. A lot of movies I'm making. <laughs> it's a lot of puppet shows in your bedroom yeah. by yourself. <laughs> I want the hamburger. I, I want, want the hamburger. hamburger. I want the hamburger. There are lots of problems, sir. There's only the one hamburger. It is a tough, tough situation. situation. Uh, yeah, so we, we did. We watched Dune Part 1 with uh, the release of Dune Part 2 being nearly upon us. On its way. The the Dune Part 2 is nigh. And uh, yeah, we're going to probably watch that one in theaters. So mm. we got to get our boy Christofferson over here caught up to snuff. Got to give me fit for the wedding. That's right. Uh, we do have quite a bit of news. Um, I mean... We've got three news items, and then the rest are Super Bowl trailers. Uh, pretty good game last night. Did watch the 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 I watched the overtime essentially. I didn't. I pulled it up and was like, I wonder who won, you know. And I came up and I saw that it was a tied game going into like the last four minutes of the fourth quarter. I was like, Oh, that's a close game. Let me pull this game up. And I pulled it up just in time to see that the 49ers had gotten ahead with a field goal. And then the fucking Chiefs tied it up with six seconds left in the fourth quarter, and I went into OT, and I was like, oh, my God. This is what you want a, a championship game to be, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But uh, no, it was a fun game to watch, but uh, all that to say, we're going to talk about uh, a new little game somebody might have heard of called Hell Divers 2. Hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about Disney being sued, uh, and we're going to talk about a new Predator movie coming from the same creator of Prey. And then we're going to just talk about some uh, some trailers. Some so, trailers. So starting up off the top here, just a little off the top. Helldivers 2 is uh, not only, place, I believe it's PlayStation's first simultaneous release mm-hmm. um, on PC and PlayStation at the same time, but it's also their most successful PC release, uh, doubling the uh, the record of God of War. Bang. So Helldivers 2 has a peak concurrent player count. And this is as of Monday the 12th of 155,000 people on Steam. Wow, the the peak record for God of War was 73,000. So it's a big deal right now. And I do think it's an interesting idea to see PlayStation going, okay, what if we put out some like new games just straight to PC and see how they do? You know, and it seems like it's doing really well on PlayStation as well. So I don't think they're going to be any. They're hurting. Hurting by it, you know, because now you've got people that otherwise wouldn't have played it because they don't own a PlayStation playing it on PC. And so they're doubling their market there. I just think it's interesting that we are seeing PlayStation start to play a little bit more nice with PC and Xbox potentially playing a little bit more nice with PlayStation. Mm -hmm. Sounds like things are pointing towards PlayStation, which is, I don't think, necessarily a good thing uh, if it's going to (laughs) be basically no competition. Yeah. You know, if it's just going to be PlayStation rolling in the dough and giggling and shitting on itself, you know, uh, and having no need to, like, uh, you know, win people over. <laughs> you and I should make a, um, a gaming console. What would we call it? The Fudge Cube. I don't like that at all. Mm. I don't like it one bit. Uh, the Sinkhole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, uh, the Sim Station. <laughs> 
Bust a nut hub. <laughs> the, uh, I don't know, the Weld box? I don't know. The Simp box? No, I don't like that. <laughs> the cum box? No, just, yeah, lose all all cleverness. It's just, this is the box you come in, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Anyways, I so see. Yeah, I think that's one that I'm going to have to, we're going to check that out. It looks pretty dope as fuck. We should get to get my dad in on that. Just have my dad down there screaming, having <laughs> having Nam flashbacks, fighting bugs. It ain't me. <laughs> it ain't me. No fortunate song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Straight up, uh, Gina Carano, who uh, famously played the uh, uh huh, and completely lost her character's name. That's how famous it is. What the fuck? The big uh, big buff chick in uh, Mandalorian. What was that character's name? Oh, um... Mm-hmm. It's weird because Gina Carano, the actress, kind of just sounds like a Star Wars character's name. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't... I don't know. Not Marshall. Was it Marshall? She became the She Marshall. was going to be a Marshall, yeah. Don't know. Uh, Wasn't it like Whoopi Goldberg? It could have been. Something like that. Either way, she was fired back in 2021 after making some pretty questionable uh, posts on social media. Mm. Uh, where she compared being conservative to being a Jew in the Holocaust. <laughs> it's like, that's uh, pretty... That's bullseye, if you ask me. That's, I don't ask you. No, it's that's not. A, that's a very broad uh, broad stroke to brush with there. And, uh, yeah, so all of that to say, she, understandably, got, got fired. Though it sounds like she got fired after refusing to meet with Disney, where they basically were like, hey, you should probably, like... Come in. We got to talk to you. She's like, no. And they're like, all right. Well, we're gonna go ahead and You're let you fired go. Then. We're gonna go ahead and let you go. Well, now she's coming back and saying that she was wrongfully terminated. Uh, saying, I want to see how she how the complaint phrases it. Uh, for discrimination and wrongful termination, alleging she was fired for voicing right wing opinions on social media. Um, and apparently, so Bob Iger was asked about it. Like, do you have any? Because Elon Musk is financially backing her on it. Um, cause he's mad at Disney cause they won't advertise on Twitter. So he's like, well then I'll just help tie you guys up. Right, in I'll help, you know, yeah, help you lose. And, uh, CN- CNBC asked, uh, Bob Iger, like, Hey, what do you think about Musk back in the suit? Do you have any thoughts on that? And he just only replied, none. <laughs> you got any thoughts on that? None. Mm-mm. Nope. I don't. Yeah. Cause figure Musk is the one that was like, <laughs> uh, what was the quote there where he was like, uh, uh, if someone is going to try and blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Is that clear? Hey, Bob, if you're in the audience, that's how I feel. Don't advertise. All right. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I already said I'm not. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So what a weird. Uh, I don't know. I don't see that going her way. I hope uh, they lose the settlement. Or well, the... They, I'm sure they will. Or if anything, Disney will just fucking throw money out and say, go fuck yourself. Um, but that means they win. No, it doesn't. Because winning would be getting it official on the books in court. Yeah. Because what she's wanting is to be rehired. And that's just not that's what she's suing for. And Disney's not going to fucking hire her back. They're going to say, here's some money. I'll, we'll pay you to make you go away. <laughs> and if you don't want the money, then we don't have anything else to do here. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go ahead and we'll take it to court. And I don't see it working because uh, we have every right to fire you if mm-hmm. you don't, you know. And we said they'd come here and you said no. Yeah. All right. See you. Yeah, you weren't reflecting the company's values and you refused to meet with us. So, deuces. Um, and then it's also kind of funny because she's made a couple movies that have made like 
like four digits, <laughs> like thousands of dollars, not <laughs> not even hundreds of thousands. And now she's like, I better sue Disney. I gotta get back in these Star Wars yeah. flicks. <laughs> she's either got to get the money or get the get the fame. You know, it's yeah. one of them. Real recognize real. <laughs> Game recognized game. Uh, in a new report by Deadline, 20th Century Studios is expanding the Predator universe with uh, the new film Badlands. Uh, it's being directed and co written by uh, Dan Trachtenberg, who did Prey. Um, and it's also being co written by Patrick Azon, who uh, worked on Prey as well and the upcoming Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. So, oh, yo! <laughs> yo! Uh, we don't really know anything about it other than that it's going to be a standalone film in the Predator universe, so it's okay. not going to be directly related to Prey. Um, but uh, the name Badlands kind of is interesting to me. Makes me wonder if it's going to be off-world. That's what I call my butt crack is the Badlands. It's the Badlands. <laughs> I call that No Man's Land. <laughs> That's the grundle right there. Yeah. All the, all From the, under. the, all the pubes all tangled up. It's like the barbed wire. Oh. I can't get across there. Not even a horse, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got guys on their stomachs crawling underneath it. Yeah, we had to build a whole machine just to get through there, dude. <laughs> we invented an entire machine of war to get across no man's land. Isn't that crazy? <clears throat> like the fucking tank exists exclusively because we went. We're gonna put a bunch of barbed wire and snipers out there, mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, "Shit, we better get some. We better, we better take a tractor cover. and put just a ton of fucking metal on it, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll be all right. We'll be all good." Anyways, uh, yeah, there's no plot details or anything available, like I said. Um, we don't even know if it's going to get a theatrical release or stream on Hulu exclusively again. But my guess is going to be it'll get a theatrical release because Prey set all kinds of records for Hulu, where it was the most watched premiere uh, ever on the streaming service. So I would really suspect that they go, ah, we're going to put Let's this shoot. one in theaters. Yeah. yeah, it seems like we've, you know, we got back some good grace with Prey. If we advertise this heavily as like a follow up of sorts to Prey, right. people will fucking watch it. So I could see them going that way. Or maybe they use it to push Hulu again, you know, get some subscribers off of it. But that's all I have as far as news. We're talking about these trailers. Uh, which trailer do you want to start with? I got, <laughs> we could talk about Wicked. <laughs> yeah, let's start off with that one. Let's start off with Wicked. It uh, looks like the musical, but. Uh, Fancier effects. Ariana Grande was there. I didn't yeah. know that um, Jeff Goldblum was going to be in it. I saw that. I couldn't tell if he was the wizard or not. I didn't think he was because we saw oh, a shot no. of the guy that was operating the, you know, pay no mind to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> um, and it didn't look like Goldblum, but I also don't remember the entire plot of Wicked. I've only seen it once with Morgan. Uh, it's got some good songs in it, so I'm kind of excited to see, like, studio quality recordings off of you know from new people and ariana grande as annoying as she is is a very good singer um so it'll be interesting to see i couldn't tell through the makeup who the young woman was that's playing um the witch of the west let me pull her name up here come on now come on now come on now wicked I got something wicked. Alphaba. I was trying to think of the character's name. She's not just the wicked witch. Her name's wicked monkey ass. It itches. <laughs> got monkey butt. I got monkey butt. You got to start wiping better, dude. <laughs> her name is Cynthia Arrivo. I don't recognize her from anything. Looks like she hasn't been in much as far as like major releases. She does. It looks like she does a lot of voice work. <clears throat> uh, looks good. You know, the makeup yeah. was, yeah, yeah. was nice as far as like <laughs> making someone fully green. You know what I mean? <laughs> It didn't look like they just smeared oil paint on her. Maybe you know, grease paint. A little bit, yeah. Like that level of, it looks like her skin is green. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, the, we got like a tiny little snippet of her singing uh, at the end. But yeah, they yeah. really didn't. The other thing that I told Morgan about, because Morgan and I are definitely going to go see it because Wicked is her favorite musical. Um, and it's probably one of mine. I'm not a big musical person, but I really enjoyed when we went and saw it live. Hamilton's pretty good. I would like to see Hamilton live. Um, they're apparently this is a part one. They're doing it in two parts because the musical is kind of long. And then you know, okay. figure it's broken up into there's a very obvious middle point that I could see them splitting it at. But they're not marketing it, at least not yet, as like Wicked Part One or anything like that. I could see a lot of people going to see it, and then when it's like <laughs> to be continued or you know end of Part One or whatever, they're like, "You got to be fucking kidding me, dude! I'm gonna have to come back, you know, for a Part Two that I wasn't mentally prepared for." You know what I mean? That could also have a lot of backfire to it. Though. That's what I'm worried about. That's what I'm saying is people are gonna be like, "Fuck! I came to see Wicked, and I'm only getting half the half the, the show." The show. Um, yeah, at least tell them. Cause figure I knew that. Uh, Across the Spider-Verse was a part one yeah. and was still disappointed that it was a, to be continued, especially because we don't know when Beyond is coming out. <laughs> so it's like, well, the story is just incomplete until I get the part two, at least with like in Endgame and Infinity War, you knew it was coming out next year. Right. But we don't know. Um, though apparently part two is already in post-production for this and is slated for November of 2025. So you'll only have a year to wait. Um, but yeah, I do think they need to probably market it a little bit better as part one. Yeah. Just so that like the grandma that goes to go see it with her grandkids isn't like, you gotta be fucking shitting me. This isn't even the whole show. I gotta live for another year. <laughs> I, gotta... <laughs> oh, I fucking didn't want to do another year of this, dude. I was hoping to call it by the end dude, of the week. Dude, if I ever get that old, fucking put me down like a lame horse. If I'm ever so old that I wake up and go, God damn, I just, I'm done. You know what I mean? Just do, do a dog a favor. Put them down. Anyways, Twisters. Twister, I barely know. Uh, uh, we got old Glenn Powell being a, a prick. I did like that the trailer on this one makes it seem like maybe we're following the dickhead team this time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because in the first one, you're like, that was fucking prickheads, you know? <laughs> and in this one, it's like the dickhead guys are the ones that we're, we're with. And Glenn Powell plays like a cocky mm -hmm. motherfucker really well. I figure he was in um, Maverick. Maverick, yeah. As... Uh, Oh, God, I can't think of what his call sign was. Bone salt. No, Hangman. Hangman, yeah. And uh, he was a real prick in that. Yeah, he was. He was a fuckhead. And then he came through at the end. He ends up coming around. I guess. <laughs> he literally saved them at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Hangman, you son of a bitch. I wouldn't hang around him. No pun and, intended. And then they all land on the deck and everybody's <laughs> laughing and shaking their heads. Maverick, you son of yeah, a bitch. Maverick, you know? son of a, a bitch. bitch. Uh, but, uh, no, I mean, it looks pretty dope. Uh, the effects were pretty nice on it, actually. I was yeah. kind of like, I wonder how, no, how, how weird it's going to look, you know, but no, it, it looks convincing. It made me think of, um, there was a movie in the maybe late nineties, early two thousands called night of the twisters. And it's a true story or it's at least based on a true story. Night of the sisters, twisters <laughs> and, um, twister sisters. No, um, uh, and it's basically just the same idea of like an outbreak of tornadoes that where it's like from like. Isn't that the one where it happened like in a school or something like that? Well, I mean, it's a whole ass town, but yeah. yeah. Just tornadoes inside the school. Well, yeah, no, but it like yeah. crashes through the school. I'm sure school. it does. But yeah, and it's like a kid and his young sister, mm -hmm. and they're just trying to fucking yeah. <laughs> figure out what the hell's going on. They made it's a book that was written, and then they made a movie about it. But this kind of has the same vibe of like, it looks like it's going to be an outbreak of tornadoes as opposed to just one big tornado. Yeah. Um, and it does seem like they're taking the, 
at least some inspiration from the idea in the first one where they have those little devices that they want to get sucked up into the tornado to like get data on the tornado. Except yeah. in this one, it seems like maybe they've evolved on that idea and they think they can stop a tornado from. Which would be pretty cool. Like the concept. Of, yeah. You just, you launch them up you can and get those up in there and they disrupt the airflow. Maybe who knows, whatever the. They could explode. And yeah. It just sends the air in all sorts of directions. Yeah, it breaks up the, the wind, the wind tunnel effect. I don't know. The vacuum. Mm hmm. But it looks pretty cool. Um, it is a shame that, like, both Philip Seymour Hoffman and Bill Paxton are dead. Yeah. And it's like they don't get to have any sort of appearance in it. Because I feel like they would definitely have made a sequel yeah. with both of them in it as the leads if they'd gotten the, you know, if they were alive still. Um, I would be surprised if uh, Helen Hunt's not in it, even just as, like, a little, like, do, like, a uh, <laughs> uh, fucking, what is it, the Jurassic World Dominion. With who? With Helen Hunt? Well, no. Helen Hunt's not in... I'm saying no, that's Helen Hunt I... shows up at the end of... If Helen Hunt shows up oh, in, oh. in Twisters because she's in yes. Twister and do like a Jurassic World where they're like, we brought the whole fucking cast <laughs> back, you know? It's, it's like the end game. game. It's like end game, but for Twister, you know? We got everybody there. We brought back Philip Seymour Hoffman. We got Bill Paxton. They just digitally uh, add him in. Like Harold Ramis in <laughs> yeah. that bad Ghostbusters movie, Afterlife. It wasn't that bad, but that was a weird ending, having the ghost of Harold Ramis. Yeah, which sucked because he was my favorite character. Yeah. He also directed Caddyshack. Did he really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yep. I'm pretty sure. I know that he was involved in it as a writer, and I, I think he directed it. Uh, let's see here. We'll save that one for last. Quiet Place Day 1. No, uh, this one wasn't actually a super. I think it did get a, sol, a small Super Bowl trailer, mm -hmm. but the full trailer came out a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Dude, it looks pretty fucking dope. Looks good. Uh, Joseph Quinn is. Uh, I think this is his first real major motion picture. Because mm -hmm. uh, you figure he was in Stranger Things season five, four. Was it four? Yeah, they're doing Who does five he right play? now. He plays Eddie, uh, okay. the hairband guy. Yeah. Who shreds Metallica and dies. Mm -hmm. uh, and everybody's like, oh, man, we really wish we got more Eddie. And I think jo Joseph Quinn's really starting to capitalize on that a little bit because allegedly he's one of the front runners for Johnny Storm in uh, the Fantastic Four. Oh, okay. So if that's true, uh, he'll be having a good run here, yeah. being a pretty popular property with Quiet Place Day One. Um, I really like the idea of Quiet Place Day One, of being like... Seeing everything in chaos. Yeah. Because, you know, they don't know right. that, you know, sound is the enemy. And it's very easy to make a lot of noise when <laughs> the world is ending. Right. And you're panicking and screaming and everybody's running. And I really like the way they set up the trailer of showing how noisy the city is. You know, it's just traffic and just people moving and, yeah. you know, construction and things like that. And then the trailer does progressively get quiet. And, and by like, the end, it's just you're silent. Yeah. And it's that idea of like, yeah. And, you know, and it's an interesting way to depict also, like, the loss of life in that type of event yeah. is the world would fall silent, you know, eventually. Yeah. Um, Lupita Nyong'o, she's a, a weird one of, like, she does all kinds of movies, uh, like, you know, a wide variety. Yeah. Figure she won, at least she was nominated. I don't remember if she won or not, but she was nominated for an Oscar for 12 Years a Slave. And then she's Ooh. in fucking Black Panther. And then she's in this. You know, she's a pretty... You figure she was in Us as she's the mom. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a pretty fucking eclectic uh, 
career she's got there. She's not afraid to do a Marvel movie, a monster movie, <laughs> horror movie, a drama. Mm. Um, which again, we've talked about that before. That's a testament to a good actor. Yeah, is when they can do believably everything. do all of those things. Um, she did a <laughs> a small indie like horror comedy called. Um, Oh God, I can't remember what the movie's called, but she's basically a, like a kindergarten teacher and the kids are on a field trip to like the zoo or something and the zombie outbreak happens and she's just trying to get her fucking kids out of the zoo or wherever they're at. And it's a really funny, like goofy little movie. And Morgan and I watched it on like Amazon or Netflix or something and we had a good time with it. But again, it's so more like she does comedy yeah. and all that. Uh, we were talking about it. There's some scary like imagery in this yeah of like first of all it looks like it's going to be a little bit more violent which makes sense because there's just more it's the more chaotic side of yeah it. where like when there's the initial touchdown of like the meteors or whatever they are comets um it looks like there's blood all over the streets yeah uh, when she like come you know gets up off her feet and is stumbling around and that woman's in the dust and is like help me and this <laughs> gets shredded you're like oh my god um can you imagine being like, I would want to die. I'd fart, go, dude. Go ahead and get me out early. I fart way too much. Yeah. It's like a game of hide and seek where eventually, like when you're the last one hidden, <laughs> you don't right. even want to be. Yeah. yeah. You don't even want to be. It's boring now. Like, get me out of Getting here. Getting lonely, guys. Yeah. I don't think they're looking for me. <laughs> they just gave up on looking and didn't tell him and he's just hiding in the box still. Guys. They ever do that to you as a kid? Moving on. They did it to me. <laughs> you ever played flashlight tag? Dude. That's scary. That's it's fun as fuck. That was it. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Oh, and we get to see... Um, I just completely lost the actor's name. Uh, I always mispronounce his name. I feel like Jamon Hansu. He's in... Um, <laughs> he was in that god-awful uh, Zack Snyder movie. What did we watch? Not Star Wars. Oh, Rebel Moon. Rebel Moon, that's Jesus. the one. He was the drunkard general that they found. They splash water on his face, and he's all... They, like, oh. wash him down. Yeah. Um, and then you figure he was in <laughs> Guardians. He's the guy with the headpiece built in that Drax crushes his head. when he says, metaphor. Oh, yeah. You know, who? He's like, yeah. I'm Star Lord, man. Come on. Um but yeah, and he was in part two, so I think it's interesting that he's a connecting character. Yeah. Um, and, and you're like, all right, well, we know he makes it out, but I wonder if like he's the only one that does. Yeah, you know, which would be believable for the <laughs> the situation they're right. in. Yeah. That not many people are going to get out of that. Whoever can being be in New York silent. City. Yeah. There's that shot when we first see him in the trailer, and he's like quieting her down, and there's just so many of them running by. You know, the building's rattling. It's like a full stampede of these yeah. things. And you're like, oh, my God. Can you imagine it's been a couple of days and they're still roaming the city, you know, and somebody, like, sets off a car alarm by accident or something, and they all just descend upon that person? Horrifying. You got to think people are probably, like, setting shit on, off on purpose, on purpose trying to get out of there, but yeah. everyone's got the same idea. Yeah. And it's just making it even worse. Because I figured people would probably catch on that noise is what, yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, you'd notice it. At least in like the first day or two. Yeah, a couple days, I'd yeah. say. Once you've got time to like yeah. stop and pay oh, attention, yeah. you know, when <laughs> you're like, all right, what the fuck's going on here? Um, 
it, we didn't see a lot of Joseph Quinn, so I'm not sure what his. I don't know that there's going to be any relation between any of them other than that, like we're both alive. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> Just like, well, we better we're off here. together, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Shut the fuck up. Looks dope as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> pretty certain. <laughs> <laughs> You're just Jeremy Joe Rogan. I'm pretty certain that uh, the young lady in that is going to be like she's from the past. Yeah. I think she's the astronaut type character. Because they're like, you know, why do they hunt her so much? And say, oh, well, because she's smarter than the others. And she's wearing like, she's not in rags and cloths like Mm -hmm. the other humans are. She's wearing like cargo pants. And there's a couple shots in there where like they're looking at the, the planets on like the. Uh, diorama or whatever and she like straight up is looking in the um, telescope and looks pretty like shocked at what she's seeing alarmed yeah and I don't think it's shock of like my god there's planets out there I think she's looking out there and being like that's that's the moon that's earth like this is earth's solar system what are you talking about Um, and so I think they're doing the first movie's story but from the human or the ape perspective that's cool which is pretty interesting yeah and I love the idea of them like sneaking that in (laughs) What? And not playing it in the marketing. Oh, yeah. And letting the, like, that would be the way to get the same shocking reveal of, yeah. like, the, you blew it up! <laughs> you blew it on a hell! You know, when they seize the Statue of Liberty in the sand? You know, that was a twist ending at the time. And I think if you play it from the A perspective and don't really market that she's from the future, or from the past, and then in the in the movie they reveal that, you're like... Oh my fucking god! <laughs> I'm curious on like how far in the future this is. Uh, it, I believe what I was reading is it's at least 300 years after War for the Planet of the Apes, so mm. it's about 300 to 400 years on. Hmm. Figure when Caesar dies, he's like 50 years old. Yeah, it had been about 50 years since the world ended, or you know started to end, and now you're hundreds of years on, which is why all the humans are so devolved. It's because the illness that Primitive. makes them. You know, that makes them dumb, effectively. And then they've bred like that. Do you think I would... uh, What if, like, I'm asymptomatic? (laughs) You think that's why you're the way you are? No, I'm just too dumb to get affected by that kind of disease. You can't dumbify me. I'm already dumb. My brain's like Fort Knox. Nothing's coming in or out. If you add a negative to a negative, you get a positive. That's right. (laughs) If you give me that virus, I'll just be smarter. Yeah. I'm I'm Sheen. Yeah. His head's all fucking big and gross. You just add dumb to dumb, you get smart. Mm -hmm. What? Fuck are you talking about, man? I'm cooking over here. Do you smell it? Um, The fucking king. Pretty, pretty, pretty dope looking. So he looks like he seems like he's gonna be the antagonist. He is, yeah. And I'm down to see an uprising. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. them leading a rebellion. Yeah. But also, so in the original movies, I think it's the second or the third one. There's a um, one of the movies. Like I said, I don't remember if it's the second or the third one, but it's called Beneath the Planet of the Apes. And there's like basically a cult worshiping a nuclear warhead. And then, you know, they find a silo underground or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they end up blowing up the nuke. And that's how the apes get sent back is basically a small family of apes get in the repaired rocket ship and go back. And they basically reverse the process and land in modern day Earth. And so now these smart apes have gone back and been picked up and their son is Caesar. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yeah, it's Cornelia is the mom. 
But I wonder if, because he seems pretty, like, curious. You know, he's interested in science and technology. And, like, you know, yeah. humans used to fly and they could communicate across oceans yeah. and all that. Now I'm going to learn and I'm going to be better. Yeah, where, where are we? What are we doing? Yeah. And so I wonder if he's, like, got a fascination with things and he discovers something. I'm, th- I'm curious if he's a descendant of Caesar without knowing it. Potentially. Because he looks like Caesar's son. Well, so I think the main character looks like Caesar. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying the king. No, the king doesn't look like him. That's why I was like, but the king's title is Caesar. In the the Mm. IMDb, which you know, I mean, it's just a title at that point. Yeah. But I do wonder if it's from them knowing human or if they're yeah exactly. Do you think they have written history? I don't. I mean, they've got. Um, well, I mean, they understand. They at least have cave drawings, you know what I mean? Like that type of, um, and the oral history. Yeah. Let me, what's this one called? Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. His character's name is Proximus Caesar. Proximus Caesar. Which, so like the naming is very Latin. So, I mean, I think they've got their, they know about Roman culture. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they're getting that from somewhere, whether it's because they're reading, um, you know, because some of the apes seem much more intelligent than others. Well, it's 300 like, years. They're all, I mean, they have the ability of fire. They're striking like oh, a torch yeah. and shit like that. Yeah, like it's nothing. stuff up. But I mean, you figure even in the, um, Latin, you know, the original trilogy, well, not the original trilogy, but you know what I mean? The prior three movies, um, you know, like the orangutans sometimes seem like they're the brainiacs. Yeah. Um, and there's one of the orangutans in here who seems very much like he's conveying History. What, what was the other one's name? Dirk, Maurice. Maurice. Yeah. This is their new Maurice. Yeah, basically. Um, he doesn't look as cool, though. No, he looks kind of bland. I like how the Maurice had, had, the, like, had the big, wide, the flat mm-hmm, face. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I'm, I'm excited. I really love these. Um, these are some pretty solid movies uh, as far as like you remade an old <laughs> old classic, you mm-hmm. know, but managed to modernize it into yeah, something different, something new, something different, you know, actually making it the kind of like an action movie, yeah. you know, but it's still feeling like it has something to say. Um, it's, it's always interesting, but <laughs> Deadpool three. Yeah. Uh, right now is being called Deadpool and werewolf and, and werewolf and Wolverine. Uh, I say right now because they, uh, claimed like several different titles, um, I think they did that on purpose. I do too. Like for the longest time with Deadpool two, there was a fan theory going around because they waited pretty long to release the title of just Deadpool two, mm-hmm. that it was just going to be called untitled Deadpool sequel. That's like a really meta reference, yeah. you know, it's just, what is this? It's the untitled Deadpool sequel. Um, but also like one of them was like Deadpool and friends, Deadpool and friend, Deadpool, uh, kills the Marvel universe, things like that. And I definitely think we're getting something like that. Um, straight up the TVA, which yep. a lot of people had said was likely going to be the, the, you know, in, in route was if anybody, I mean, you figure at the end of Deadpool two, he is straight up messing with time. Yeah. <laughs> Even crossing over into other like Fox timelines. You figure he goes into like the Wolverine origins yep. and kills other Deadpool. Other Deadpool. Um, <laughs> and then jumps to our reality uh, to yeah. kill Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds f- before he can accept Green Lantern. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so I mean, he he's messing with all kinds of things. So it makes sense that 
the TVA would want him, but it seems like maybe they want him because of his ability to do that. Yeah. Rather than like, hey, you're messing with things. Yeah. Like, hey, you should um, come work for us. Yeah. It seems like well, it almost seems more like you're gonna work for us. Yeah. Or else we'll just go ahead and prune you. Now, how would that work for Deadpool? What do you mean for pruning? Could they prune him? Yeah. Why? Why couldn't they? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I hadn't thought about it. I just it's, it's thought they Deadpool. might not be able to. Yeah. I mean, it's not killing him. It's just sending him to the void at the end of time. It's true. So, I mean, it, yeah, it would work fine because it's not like a, well, he's impervious to it. It's just, he gets teleported there, uh, which it does look like they end up there. Um, because at one point, you see one of the TVA guys that's in handcuffs and he's begging, please help me, help me, help me. Mm-mm. And he looks like he gets picked up by Eliath, the yeah. cloud. <laughs> from the oh void. yeah and you know deadpool's like oh my oh, fuck, my fuck. <laughs> he's freaking out because he's i mean this is some crazy shit that he's yeah. just been dropped into for the most part he's had a relatively like other than like juggernaut and like cable is pretty yeah yeah but you know cable's pretty crazy insofar as he's a time traveler yeah but beyond that deadpool's had a relatively grounded experience you know francis what I mean? maybe yeah but so to then go, here's the Marvel Universe, this is the TVA, there's a multiverse, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I love that because he is fully aware of his situation. He's just cool with it. He's able to just be like, yeah, you know. I mean, you know, he's even making reference to the fact that, like, I'm going to fix the cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah. You know? And he thinks he's Marvel Jesus. He's yeah. the Messiah. I'm the Messiah. I, I'm, I'm Marvel's I'm, Jesus. I'm Marvel's Jesus. I'm here to fix it. You know, <laughs> I've, I'm back. I've come. Uh, I like when they wake him up. You know, he's like, you seem to have soiled yourself with your unconscious. And he's like, I wasn't unconscious. Who are you? Who are you? Why am I here? Uh, It was pretty cool to see the TVA, like, in a movie and, like, just seeing Deadpool in the TVA. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw some people that were like, I wish Mobius was there. But I think it's like, it'd be weirder if Mobius was there because it's like, all right, there's so, how many, we saw how big the TVA is. Why is Mobius the only agent? every case. (laughs) Yeah. Give the guy a break, dude. Um, it does make me wonder where in relation to Loki, uh, like time-wise, yeah. it is. You know, has Loki happened already, and this is the new TVA that's reformed under Loki? Could be. Or is this prior? Um, I did like that there's a reference there where Deadpool, like, in the comics, desperately admires Captain America. Mm-hmm. And in the footage there, when they're showing him, like, the new Marvel stuff, you know, hey, this is everything that's happened in Marvel, basically. And he sees Captain America and he's fucking saluting him, you know? And it makes me wonder, like, does he know Captain America somehow? Or is he just seeing him and being like, God, I got to salute that guy. salute that guy. You're like, God, look at him, you know? (laughs) That's America's ass. Yeah. Uh, I am just excited to see him uh, fully, like, be able to make fun of and make direct reference to Marvel Mm -hmm. things now. As opposed to, like, having to be a little tongue-in-cheek and hopefully get permission, you know? Right. Uh, They can just fully go in on it. Yeah, and there's like a lo- bunch of blood. They're dropping the F bombs, no yeah. problem. And no, uh-uh. it's like I mean, Marvel knows that like that's what people expect out of Deadpool. Don't change it because that's just going to put a sour taste in their mouth of like, oh well, they Disneyfied Deadpool. Now you're just going to make a shit ton of money, and people are going to want to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing will be when if he shows up in like other characters stuff. Like and then he has to be PG-13. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hmm. How they handle that. I don't know. It'll be interesting. But, uh, yeah, we don't really get much Wolverine. We do get to see, like, the back of him. His shadow. Well, 
we see the back of him as I believe the guy, the character's name is patch and it's a Wolverine. Who's all like spick and you know, spiffy. And, uh, he's got, you know, the pointy hair like he does and he's got an eye patch on and he shows up in a gray Hulk issue, um, as like, I believe they just call him patch. Um, and there's a scene where Deadpool's walking up to like, it looks like maybe a private poker game or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at the back of somebody in a white suit with mm-hmm. the hair. Yeah. And I think that's it's patch. Yeah. So I'm wondering if he's doing some TVA work and he's catching a bunch of variants of Wolverine potentially, mm-hmm. or if he's looking for like the real Wolverine. Hmm. You figure even in the Deadpool movies, he had a pretty big affinity for Hugh Jackman, Deadpool or yeah. Hugh Jackman, Wolverine you figure. He has the, the statue, the little action figure of him <laughs> being impaled by the tree. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of funny, but it looks pretty cool. I'll be excited to see like if he gets to mess around with time and the TVA, like if they put him in situations with throughout Marvel history, basically, you know, they drop him in somewhere. I don't know. What all, you know, how, how deep will the quote unquote fixing be, you know, the saving, but, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for it. It looks pretty exciting. It's the most, uh, I've looked forward to a Marvel movie in a minute, I think from a trailer where like, I see a trailer and I go, that's, that's going to be fun to watch. Right. Uh, it's been a minute since I've felt that way about a Marvel movie. I'm trying to think of the last Marvel movie I felt this excited for. We were pretty hyped from like early trailers for Black Panther 2. We were. And then we were I was really excited down. for the soundtrack and that. Yeah, it wasn't that. So disappointing. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm trying to think. I mean, I think initially I was excited about the idea of uh, Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Of, of seeing the multiverse really for the first time uh, through Doctor Strange's eyes. And then it kind of was lackluster. It was just not good. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing. I'm like, oh god, please don't let this be another like that. that. It's good, and, and then it's, it's not. not, or it's just fine. I oh. wish there was some way that they could have hidden that Wolverine was in it ahead of time, and then let this trailer be the reveal. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there's no way you would have gotten away with that. Yeah, it would have leaked so hard. Yeah. With set photos and people spying and doing digging and stuff. But yeah, if they could have held that surprise and then at the end of the trailer you just straight up see Wolverine and you're like, yo! Oh my, it's here, it's here! <laughs> yeah, and then the title reveal. You know, make the trailer just Deadpool 3. Yeah, I saw one that was like Deadpool versus Wolverine. Yeah. yeah and then Hugh Jackman posted on Instagram a fake one that said uh, Wolverine and I think Wolverine an asshole or something like that. And he's like, there, I fixed it for you, bub. You know? <laughs> oh, Want to talk about Dune? Let's fucking talk about it. Obviously, we're just going to spoil it because it's a two-to-three-year-old two three movie. I'll let you be the old... Uh, since you've read the book and you're just a, such a <clears throat> Dune expert. I'm not. It's been forever since I read the book. I even asked you. I was like, who is that? What is this? What's, going, know, what's on? going on? Yeah, they lost you kind of quick, didn't they? Early on in the movie, you were like, what the fuck's happening? Wait. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. in the movie, it just... It, they throw you right in and spinning. Yeah. You know, it's spinning as it goes. In, and yeah. that's what I was like, oh, shit, I was expecting some groundwork. Uh-uh. No, nope. nah, they just keep going no, with it. No, they expect their viewers to be a little bit intelligent enough to gather as they go. Mm, you know me. I'm neither one <laughs> yeah. of those things. Yeah, I need to be spoon-fed. I'm neither little nor intelligent. <laughs> Big and fat and dumb. Whoa. You need to relax, man. Um. So, Paul Atreides. <laughs> I didn't even ask for the, oh. <laughs> the synopsis. What are you doing there? 
You got a synopsis over there for me, Bill? Mm-mm. <laughs> no, I don't. Paul Atreides, a brilliant and gifted young man born into a great destiny beyond his understanding, must travel to the most dangerous planet in the universe to ensure the future of his family and his people. As malevolent forces explode malevolent. into malevolent <laughs> forces explode in a conflict over the planet's exclusive supply of the most precious resource in existence, only those who can conquer their own uh, fear will survive. Fear is the mind killer. Mm-hmm. It's a small death that brings on total obliteration. I'm trying to get obliterated, you know? Hmm? Arrakis. Harkonnen. Satanus. <laughs> Lucifer. Fremen. I'm just trying to throw out. Bene Gesserit. Benedict. Cumberbatch. No. Um, I, that's one of the things that I really enjoyed about the movie. Um, yeah, I remember thinking about it when I first saw it was that, that theme of like early on for Paul, the idea that everybody else has some sort of plan for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he doesn't seem to have his own except for his dad. Well, but even to an extent, there's that thing of like dad basically being like, you know, yeah, you're my son. You'll always be my son. That's the only thing I ever needed you to, but he still has that dad thing of like, you know, when I was your age, I didn't want it either, you know? But basically being like, but you you'll, know, come, you'll around. come around, you know. And so, you know, the plan is you're going to be the Duke. And then the Bene Gesserit seem to have big plans for him. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point of like, there was this weird feeling of like, and you kind of see it on his face, I think, when he realizes that to an extent he was bred yeah. in a way, you know. Yeah. Where like they've been selectively pairing women up with certain partners to try and get this son, you know. And so, like, when her mom, when his mom says that, and he kind of does have a look of, like... Wait a minute. Somehow him being born on purpose because he's so important makes him feel less important to his mom. You know, in a way, does that make sense? Yeah, because he's more... I'm not important as a son. He's an idol. Yeah, exactly. I'm not important as your son. There's no interpersonal love there. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're going to be the chosen one. You know what I mean? And it's like, but I'm I'm your son. I'm your kid. Yeah. I'm Paul. Yeah, um, I the scene when he uh, goes through the the when I almost <laughs> I almost said Yom Kippur, the Jewish holiday. Uh, what, I can't think of what it's called. The needle. Uh, it's got a name like that. Oh, um, the box. The yeah, the Yom Kippur. <laughs> it's got to go through Yom Kippur. Uh, next is Passover. Uh, let's see here. What's the box? What is? What's in the box? The box. Dune. Frosted flakes. Called. Oh, it's not the box. It's the needle that she's got. That's got the name. Because I looked up what's the box, and it's just as the pain box, as it's colloquially known. Since Duke author Frank Herbert never gave it a proper title. All right, man. What's the fucking needle called then? Not important either way. No, the needle is just instant death. Yeah, it's uh, some hyper effective poison. Yeah. Though. So she's just got a fucking needle to his neck and was like, if you fucking take your hand out of the box or move I'll too much, I'll you. stick you. And I loved how nervous his mom was going into it. We're like, she's she freaking like, the fuck out, yeah. dude. She's wringing her hands. And like wakes him up in the middle of the night. Like, just get up. It's time to go. Get dressed. You got to come with me. <laughs> He's like, uh, what? what are you talking about? <laughs> she just leaves the room without basically giving him a chance to figure out what's happening. Eesh. And then he's just face to face with like basically a witch 
who's very powerful. Yeah. The voice, I like the effect that they use on when they use the voice to command people. It gets people. all quiet. It's like distorted. Yeah, it's distorted and like layered, like a deep yeah. voice and then a whispered, you know, almost like mm-hmm. voice. Um, and, you know, even Paul has that effect yeah. on his voice when he uses the, the voice. That scene with the, the needle on the neck and all that is actually pretty intense. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a very effective, like, you you don't know what's going on in the box to mm-hmm. hurt his hand that bad, you know? And when he even asks, like, what's in the box, she's like, pain. pain. You're like, <laughs> Excellent. Bet. <laughs> Give me in there, you know? What if you put your willy in there? Pain with the love. I guess it would just hurt. I would fuck it. Think. And then fucking all types of box, you know? <laughs> You're foul. <laughs> You're foul. Now, um, and the old uh, Timmy, Timothee Chalamet does some pretty good face acting of like, he's in excruciating yeah. pain. There was a scene where he moaned and like whimpered and it was a yeah. bit like, oh. yeah. and I, I was a little, <laughs> you know, like, oh, what's going on in that box? Huh? Oh, <laughs> There's something there sucking on his fingers. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I liked like the fact that his mom's like outside, straight up just basically praying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems like maybe she's communicating with him, or if it, it seems that know? way. Because as she continues the prayer, he kind of gets his he gets the wind of it, and his <clears throat> he kind of gets his shit together and locks it in because mm-hmm. he's full on panicking for a second. Because you know, excruciating pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that in the book it's described where like he expects to take out his hand and then it's just been burned to a crisp. It's gone, um, and when he takes it out, it's Fine. Fine, as if nothing happened. And it's that really weird experience of like, because he even looks at his hand like investigating, and he's like, "Yeah, nothing's there. It's fine, you know." And uh, yeah, his whole deal why he's special is because the Bene Gesserit uh, are all women. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a son of a Bene Gesserit, yes, and seems to have um, premonition, the ability to see the future, which is rare. Yeah, and, so rare. And in the and you know, and there's this prophecy basically that a male will be born with the ability to see time. Uh, forward as if it were the present and then he'll basically be able to help them with their machinations because he can tell them all future paths Mm -hmm. and they'll be able to pick the one that the right one that you know decides as they wish because they're like um truth sayers to the emperor yeah but they kind of uh, you know like even um duke leto mentions that like they have their own you know yes they yes they work for the emperor but they also work for themselves yeah you know they're uh, working for the emperor because it's convenient for them. Yeah, because they can whisper in the emperor's ear. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's like, ooh, that's, you know, that's creepy. The idea of, like, the shadowy sisterhood that can just control everything. Hey, how you doing? Mama, let me whisper. And they've got a level of protection to them, too, because uh, even the Baron of the Harkonnens yeah. is straight up like, I'm not going to cross the Bene Gesserit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-mm. Even I have morals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so it does kind of, once it picks up, it picks up pretty quick yeah. of like, okay, we're, you know, it takes its time to get them to Arrakis, and there's this whole thing of like, it does do some pretty good, um, I guess, um, indirect storytelling as far as like explaining Arrakis and the Fremen and the world a little bit through his um, videotapes that he's watching yeah. to study the home world that he's going to. Uh, and so the movie does kind of teach you about it all that way as well. I thought, the, I thought the tech in uh, the movie was really cool. Yeah, because it takes place in the year 10,000 and, and mm-hmm. some, like 10,191 or something like something that. Something like that. And so it's like just so futuristic. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but then we've almost kind of doubled back a little bit. It's this it's weird simplified blending. It almost. Yeah. Uh, where it's so futuristic that it's not high tech looking. Mm-mm. Um, almost like that 80s. Yeah, I mean, to an extent. But even still, that, you know, it's not like the retro futurism or anything like that. Mm-mm. And it's not analog, you know, tech either. No, no. It's very like stone walls and things like that. That just so happen to be automatic doors. But then they just have floating lamps that'll follow you around and guide yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and I like the design of a lot of the ships. Yeah. Um, Very ergonomical. Is that the correct? Ergonomic, ergonomic. would be the word. Um, ergonomic just means like it feels natural. Uh, like, you know, an ergonomic handle is like it fits to the shape of the hand, yeah. things like that. Um, I like the... I feel like the ship fits, I mean, just from what they used in it. Yeah. Like, how everything falls out of it and uh, stuff yeah, like so that. Yeah, so I think about like the massive carriers yeah. that seems to be meant for interplanetary travel but not yeah. space to ground. Um, you know, they use shuttles to get down to the ground. And they're basically just long tubes, yep. effectively, um, that you would imagine are maybe, you know, inside. It's just rings inside of, you know, like living space, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, this movie does a really good job with scale. I think about when that... Um, I can't think of what their home world's called before Arrakis. Uh, but you know, it's like the oceanic place. Oh yeah. When that giant like ball ship comes down in front of them and it is humongous. Um, that's one of my screensavers actually Mm -hmm. is that distant shot. And you're like, fuck, look how small they are. Huge in comparison. Yeah. Um, and so it does a really good job with scale. I remember my dad and I were marking on that when we saw it because I got to see it on the big screen. Even when they're there and they see like the mining ship and yeah. they see like how small they are compared to the ship. Yeah. Like they're not even halfway up on one of the wheel tracks. Yeah, exactly. You know? So it's like, well, shit. Shit. And then the worms. Huge. 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 Fucking massive. Um, yeah, he's just been having dreams. Paul Atreides has. Of Zendaya. Of Zendaya. Who doesn't? I was going to say, you know, get in line, dude. Fucking Zendaya's dreaming about Zendaya. Zendaya doesn't show up in the movie until the very end, basically. Mm-mm. She ain't in this one. Mm-mm. Which I think a lot of people were, like, upset about when the movie initially came out. I knew that was a thing going into it, so. Yeah, it didn't affect you so much. Bummed. Um,. Yeah, I mean, basically, most of what you see of her is one or two shots of his premonitions that are kind of repeated, mm-hmm. where he sees it multiple times, and then maybe sees a little bit more or a different angle of the premonition. Um, and I did like the way that they showed his premonitions, where at times you're like, oh, is this what's happening? And then you go, oh, no, oh, no that was is. just him picturing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they kind of conveyed towards the end where you're like, oh, okay, so there are possibilities that he's seeing, right. not facts you mm-hmm. know not like guarantees because uh, you figure towards the very end he's having premonitions of uh Jonas, i think was his name jameer jameer was that his name mm-hmm. jameer or jamis jamis i think maybe james 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 yeah um he's having visions of james basically training him on how to live with the fremen and things like that and then come to find out he he's fights to the death with kill james. Him. Yeah. yeah he has to kill him um and i like that he kind of assumes that they both make it out of the fight yeah. And is trying to get him to yield and then and realizes like, that like, no. no, that's not how this goes. And he's like, oh, okay, I guess I got to kill this guy. Yeah. Um, and so you're like, oh, okay, yeah, there are possibilities, not guarantees. Guarantees. Um, yeah. And he like full on is having premonitions of like a massive universal war on war. his behalf. 
and he's kind of horrified by it, you know? Naturally. Uh, there's just wholesale slaughter in his name, and he's like, oh, oh, I don't like that future. And I think it's an inevitable future, potentially. Maybe. You never know. Maybe. Maybe there's a follow-up book called Dune Messiah, where he is the chosen one, potentially. It's called Marvel Jesus. <laughs> no, it's called Dune Messiah. And I'm pretty sure that's going to be the third Dune movie in the last one. Okay. Because uh, he has, uh, what's his nuts, uh, Denny Villeneuve, who did this, has said, yeah, I'm doing a third one. Yeah. Um, and that'll be it. But um, I really enjoyed uh, <laughs> Duncan Idaho. That name always cracks me up. You know, it's super futuristic. The man's just Duncan, Duncan. and Paul. Yeah, you know, just calling. And then you've got Duke Leto. You know, and that feels much more like that feels different or sci-fi. You know, potentially. Yeah, but then you just got Paul and Duncan. Duncan. That's all he is. He's just some dude. Uh, But no, we even made the comment last night. They're like, "Oh, it's amazing what happens when, like, uh, Jason Jason Momoa has first of all a script, and second of all a decent role is a yeah is a subdued character." Um, we're like, he's jovial. You know yeah, what I mean? Very much so, but I mean, not in like Paul a are, bad way. Yeah, he's not my man. You know, he's not Aquaman. <laughs> You're like, let's go, brother. You know, Aquaman. Oh, brother. Um, but, you know, I mean, he and Paul, it's a very convincing, like, hey, there she is. You know, get over mm. here, buddy. You know, hugging on him and giving him a hard time. And you know, like when he's telling, oh, he put on some muscle. And he's like, oh, no. really? And he's like, no, 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 no you haven't. Um, and he has his badass moment when he dies defending the... He took out like 12 dudes with him. Yeah, hard. Even after being run mm-hmm. through with a sword. Got back up. Gets up, pulls the sword out and uses it to kill like and three or four more. I said, I think he only kills like two and then he ends up dying. Yeah. yeah. But I like that uh, in the end there when he is, you know, last stand after he's pulled the sword out and going, you can see his shield just keeps flashing red where they're yeah, getting from him. where they're fucking him. And he just keeps going. Mm-hmm. Um... That is an interesting thing about Dune as a whole is because it is such a, like, it is to sci-fi as, like, Lord of the Rings is to fantasy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, world there and, like, lore and background where, like, the reason the shields work the way they do is because, uh, or you know, the reason they go into bladed combat like they do is because uh, things that move fast deflect off their shields. Okay. Their personal shields. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's what he even mentioned, like the fast blade, you know, it's the slow blade that may, you know, makes it through. So like when they've got those darts, that basically mm-hmm. burrow, you know, they vibrate their way through and way. they sink in. Oh yeah. And Duke Leto gets shot right between the shoulders and he's trying to reach for it. You know, yep. you can't reach it. You're like, no, my boy, <laughs> Duke, not Leto. He, uh, Oscar Isaac's got a killer beard in this movie. He does. Dude. And he died in vain. Yeah. I th- yeah. I, and he almost takes the Baron out with him. Almost. He was close, but he's just not good enough. Yeah. Baron's a freak with his fucking... Spinal tattoo thing. His spinal, like... Upgrade? Up, yeah. The, they, the make, they make the Baron scary. Yeah. Uh, very overbearing. Um, I think about that scene, like, when you were like... Is he part worm? Like, yeah. what the hell? Because he's got such a long Ugh. gown on. And when his thing, the noise his spine thing makes yeah. when it's like. Yeah, it just sounds like it's cracking it all back into place. And he just folds Foul. up. And he's so fat. I mean, he's very, like. Large. He's the example of, like, 
the greed of an empire, you know, where it's like mm. you picture just this fat king who just gorges on food because he can, you know, and then he's got this this thing that levitates him because he can't walk. Uh, and he's just got such big fat hands. <laughs> he's just a large dude. Just b- big woolly mammoth. Do you know who that is? That's uh, yeah he he played in Andor. Yeah, fucking uh, um, Skarsgård. Yeah, uh, Kellen. Yes, Skarsgård. And it's like, oh man, putting him under that fat suit and all that, it's hard to recognize him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's such a good actor, too. He is. He plays that That's role his dad, really isn't well. it? Bill Skarsgård's dad? Yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> Bill, fucking Peter Skarsgård, fucking Alex Skarsgård. <laughs> There's just so many of them. The whole family. The I think he's Eric's. got like 12 children, Jeez. and well, something like six or seven of them are in show business. How many of them are successful? Three, four. I think some of them maybe are more famous at home in Sweden on like sure. TV and stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Baron's really scary in that as like, yeah. especially like the Harkonnens, like just their whole vibe of them being like these really weird pale people who live in dark areas. And, you know, like their even their structures are black stone with dim lighting. And it's just like, these people just live in caves. What's their deal here? You know? Uh, it's a very bleak looking movie yeah. and it's a pretty stark contrast between that and like being out in the sand fields, the spice fields. There is a beauty in it though. Yeah. Oh, it's a very beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Denny Villeneuve is very good at making like the grays and the darks and the blues and things like that look more colorful. M- interesting to look at. Um, he directed prisoners. Oh yeah, you which told is the me same that. way. Yeah, you know, it's a very gray and bleak movie because it's supposed to be Pennsylvania in the fall, you know, and it's raining the whole time. Um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine is him as well, and it's another one that is very you know you dark and dark and bleak. Have you seen Blade Runner twenty forty nine? Not yet. <sighs> I know, I know. Brother, I really want brother, to. Man. I want to so bad. We gotta watch it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we watched uh, Interstellar. Come mm-hmm. on now. We do a pop culture podcast, and you haven't come seen on, all man, these fucking on, let me <laughs> all these pillars of pop culture. Let me uh, anyways, back to Dune. Is it Dune or Dune? Dune. 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 That's how the British say June. 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 Anyways, um, what's his nuts? Old David Batista. Mm-hmm. Not much in not in this one much. Um, I would expect to maybe see more of him in the follow up. Who does he kill at the end? Does David Batista kill his uncle? No. No. No, he talks to him. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> yeah, I always get those two confused. Having mm. a conversation and killing somebody. <laughs> if you're not having a conversation while thinking about killing them, are you really having a conversation? Hmm? I said, are you having a conversation? If you're having a conversation and you don't know you're having a conversation, are you really having a conversation? Let that one sink in on you. Yeah, no, I am. I'm watching how, like, fucking exhausted your eyes are. <laughs> and you're just talking fucking nonsense at me. And then you're like, I can think about that. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> write that one out. Yeah, I'm like, liberal. Yeah. <laughs> Put that in your fucking tailpipe and smoke yeah. it. <laughs> like, the fuck are you talking about, dude? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, yeah, David Batista didn't have much to do in this one, unfortunately. Um, same with old. Uh, Josh Brolin as Gunny. I was a little disappointed. I wanted to see a bit more of him. He's in the second one. We've yeah. definitely seen him in the trailers quite a bit. 
Um, I thought we would see more of him as we did Jason Momoa. Yeah. In this one, because he was just a pilot. Yeah. Like he's just a dude, a guard. Yeah. He fucks up the when he gets out of uh, the city there on Arrakis when they're being attacked. Yeah. And he just fucks his way through those troops, and then like the other three just back they're off. Like, yeah, we're done. We'll like, you know what? Take the ship. Get, get out, out of here. here. Take the plane and get out of here. Yo, the ornithopters. Cut it out, dude. Dope. They were they cool. Were dope looking. as fuck. When uh, Duke Leto, when they save that, uh, the spice miner, and they yeah. dive, you know, mm. tuck the wings in mm-hmm. and dive. You were <laughs> there like, I saw him there like, bite your lip. Like, I was like, that's that fucking, fucking dope. Cool. That was that's cool, cool as fuck. Um, yeah. And uh, the spice seems to amplify Paul's visions. Yes. Uh, where he's having them awake as he's opposed sensitive. to being asleep. He's sensitive to it. Um, Take the force. So the longer he's there. May the Schwartz bewitch you. So I think the longer he's there living amongst the Fremen, breathing in the spice, you know, I mean, he'll get the blue eyes, obviously. And then also his ability will be much more like, I wonder if he'll gain more control over it. The ability to just selectively see what he's trying to see. You know what I mean? And I guess that's where the thing is, is like. Is that a good thing that he can see it more? Right, right exactly. it's going to be changing more often, yeah. which is going to make him change, which is going to make everything change a lot yeah, more. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I am excited for the second one. I did see an interview uh, with Chris Nolan where he was talking to Denny Villeneuve, and he was talking about that he had seen, he'd already been able to see Dune Part 2, mm-hmm. and he compared it. He said, Dune Part, if Dune 1 is A New Hope, Dune Part Two is Empire Strikes Back, and yeah. so, which is my favorite Star Wars movie, you know. And Denny Villeneuve was like, "That's a very big compliment. Thank you so much," <laughs> you know, in his French Canadian accent that I'm not going to attempt, you know. Do it. I don't know how to do a French Canadian. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> I didn't realize we knew Denny Villeneuve. <laughs> it's just here. Mon Jardy. Can't you tell I'm French by my other age? I love the book of Dune. I read it so many, many times. And you're like, oh, God. What is this man saying to me? Your fucking eyes are killing me. But, yeah. Like I said, you know, we didn't really do this one in, like, a hard structure because it's been out for a couple of years. And yeah. just, hey, here's some highlights. But, all in all, what did you think of it having seen it? For the first time. I thought it was good. Um, I didn't know. I thought it was going to be a bit more of a slow burn because how long of a movie it was. Yeah. <clears throat> but it is still there kind of jam packing a it's lot busy. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. is a busy two hour, 40 two minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think if I was a little more prepared for that, mm-hmm. I would have been like solid through and through. But that's, I'd say a quarter of the way through, I was caught up and I was like, all right. All right yeah. All right. Yeah. Got to lock it in. Yeah. Put that phone down focus up but then no i liked it i'm curious to see more about the fremen yeah the fremen fremen um especially with like the trailer that we've seen like you can see like they're living underground and stuff like that and how big it just it looks yeah there's sieges and what they're called Mm -hmm. and so i'm excited to see stuff like that and i'm excited to see them ride the worms yeah because if you see in the trailer too that there's three big old worms and we see how big the first one is as weapons Mm mm-hmm Desert power. Uh, mm-hmm. And I did like that, like, the the Atreides, the House of Atreides came there with the intent of... Yeah, we don't want your spy. Yeah, the, yeah. The Fremen. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it was also because they were like, well, if we can... That's a massive army if we can befriend the Fremen. And, you know, yeah, and then kinda, we'll have... 
more power over yeah. them. And we'll have more power over the spice because they like us, you know. And then they'll help us fight off the Harkonnen. But it's like the lesser of two evils, I guess. Right, exactly. If the Harkonnen are there to take your planet from you versus rule your planet with you. We'll be, yeah. I guess, yeah, you got to pick one. But it's still that thing of like, alternatively, we this could just be ours. Yeah, since we, could we just live take here. it back. But uh, yeah, I and it does look like the second one's going to be much more action packed, which makes sense because now all the pe- the pieces are in place and are moving. Do you remember um, when the Dune game? Got uh, dropped or you know was revealed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Has there been anything about that since? I don't know. I don't think so. Hmm. I don't think it's going to be as exciting as we would want it to be. Yeah, it's going to be an MMO. Yeah, it's going to be basically like Conan Exiles, I think, but mm. Dune. I should imagine a bunch of worms. <laughs> I just picture the only thing I remember about Conan Exiles is when it first came out, everybody was jacked up because you could just make your penis humongously long. <laughs> And it had flop physics. You know, you could swing the guy back and forth and things just... <laughs> flapping around. If I can't customize my worm, throw some flames you know, on you it. You know what I'm saying. Get some undercarriage lights, some base boosters. Oh, I thought we were talking about your dick. Nah, yeah, we are. No, we are. <laughs> no, we are. Just I want get, the undercarriage we'll lights. The I lights want the on. chains. You've just got neon lights on your taint. Yeah, I want the tramp stamp on my dick. What? Uh, no, I mean, last minute thoughts on Dune before we move on. No, it was if good. You were, if you were rating it, what would you rate it? Like out of 10? No, but that's not how we rate shit around no. here. No. How do we rate shit around here? Well, I'm glad you fucking asked. You can be either overwhelmed, which means your expectations were met uh, or you thoroughly enjoyed the film. You can be underwhelmed, which means you thought it was a big fat stinker. It wasn't that great. Or you can be right in the middle and be simply whelmed. What'd you think? One, two, three. Yeah, we can. One, two, three. Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. It was good. It was really good. Um, I've seen it three times. I think my biggest hiccup was just like I was so a little caught off guard with how fast like it's you're in and you go. Yeah, yeah. And a lot um, of stuff to fit in in two and a half hours. Yeah. Which I think justifies it being broken up into two parts is how dense this is. I thought I heard a rumor that they're going to be breaking it up into a third. There will be a third movie, but it'll be Dune Messiah. That's what Mm. I was saying earlier. Yeah. I thought no. I thought it was something else. I don't, know. I don't know, but no, I, I'm I'm excited for the second one. No. Well, Chris, what you been thinking about this week? Well, I, want you to think to, I think what you meant to say is welcome back to Chris's Cryptid Corner. I'm your host, the Dude. Oh. Uh, so this week, <clears throat> I'm actually gonna be talking about. Let me get it all pulled up here. The Bohemian Club. I know what you're thinking. Not Bohemian Rhapsody. Not the Queen. Is this the thing that you talked about last week with Alex Jones? Yeah, but we're removing yeah. Alex Jones from it and just talking yeah. about what... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, but the Bohemian Club is an elite invitation-only social club that was founded in San Francisco in 1872 by a group of male artists, writers, actors, lawyers, and journalists. Liberals! Liberals! But again, it takes kind of a funny turn. Since its founding, the club has expanded in, uh, to include politics and businessmen. Uh, the club is known especially for its annual summer retreat when it's known as the Bohemian Grove in the Redwood Forest of California's uh, Sonoma County. Um, an event that 
continued in the 21st century. Notable members uh, have included Clint Eastwood, Henry Kissinger, 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 uh, Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, Charles Schwab, um, Mark Twain, and Jack London. Some big names in there. Oh yeah. Uh, the Bohemian Club was founded by a group that included the journalists uh, for the San Francisco Examiner. Uh, the term Bohemian was meant to conjure the cultured, intellectual, urban Bohemian, right? Um, as opposed to uh, an impoverished type. Yeah, it's basically the Freemasons, but for the the more artistic, yeah, high-minded folk. Uh, they chose an owl as the club's totem and gathered regularly to socialize, drink, and put others in like a theatrical and music performance. Uh, and the club inhabited temporary locations until it. It established its permanent headquarters in the early 1930s on Taylor Street in downtown San Francisco. The annual trip began in the summer of 1878 in the 20th century. Members retreat uh, garned a reputation for involving involving highly secretive and culturish, cultish rituals, uh, the most well-known as which as the Cremation of Care, instituted in 1881. An opening ceremony whose purpose was to make the club members carefree from the outset of the retreat. That performance took place uh, in the front of the large concrete owl built in 1929 in the center of the camp at Bohemian. Of course, uh, more than a century, the the Bohemian Club has grown into a membership of approximately 2,500 members, including several former U.S. presidents. And high-ranking politicians during the military officials. The site for the club's retreat covers approximately 2,700 acres, uh, and it has become one of the increasingly inaccessible, uh, which lends further mystery into the events of the participants. It is thought that the 16-day encampment, as they the members call it, involves, among other things, concerts, like we said, theatrical performances, lectures, called the Lakeside Talks, mm-hmm. Parties, casual networking, uh, and government policy review all taking place out of the public eye. In the 21st century, the Bohemian Club maintained its reputation for being highly exclusive with its... uh, You got it. It sounded out. Predominantly Caucasian... No, (laughs) it wasn't that. I was reading the head. (laughs) Predominantly Caucasian membership composed of the richest and often most political conservative men in the United States. Journalists. I, I thought the word predominantly had you just fucked. No. I thought you were just looking at it going. No, I was reading ahead. I was getting myself all mixed up. Uh, most p- politically conservative men in the United States. Journalists have occasionally infiltrated the confines of the encampment and have succeeded in exposing details about the club activities, members, fa- famous guests, and activists. Has staged uh, numerous protests outside the Bohemian Grove, Pointing to economic uh, inequality and other social justice issues. Yeah. But some of the biggest things that they're talking about is like the cult- cultish rituals, and that's like where I wanted to hone on. Yeah. And that's, I guess, like, <laughs> but he did, he did bust in and he had like footage and stuff like that. Yeah. And I don't care, I really care what he had to say about it. Yeah. But the footage he did show, like, yeah. you see this huge owl. And then you see that they built this giant, like, straw... Yeah, it's basically like the the Burning Man. Yeah, and they're just burning it, and they're all, you know, and, like, chanting and stuff like that. And it is, like, a weird, like, what are they doing that for? Yeah. What is it? What is this? 
It's a club. I mean, it's the same as like, have you ever seen a church where they all start singing and praying? <laughs> Cultish ritual. Yeah, exactly. Ritual it's, stuff. Yeah. Have you ever heard about the that side note adjacent the Skull and Bone Society? Yeah. Man, that one's kind of weird too, and yeah. none other than George W. Bush has been. <laughs> it's been George a, w. And like their thing is like they love how secretive it is. Like yeah. they're, they're cool at saying like, yeah, no, we're a thing. Yeah. But what is it? I can't tell can't you. Can't tell you. Yeah, yeah, it's a secret. Yeah, it's an exclusive club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's how I feel like this is like. But this one, I mean, I guess like with the uh, Skull and Bone Society too. Like there's so many government officials in there that does raise an eyebrow. Of like, yeah. is this something that? It's out of the public eye. Like, you can't... Yeah, no, I think it's more a case of uh, it's... I think it's correlation rather than causation, where, like, they are people high up in power, Mm -hmm. which means they have a lot of connection, Mm -hmm. which means they're more likely to have access to exclusive things, Mm -hmm. rather than all these high people in power have put together this exclusive club and they're doing secrets. You know what I mean? It's more... Well, yeah, if anybody's going to have access to something exclusive, it's going to be those people. But they got corrupt shit going on. They got what? Corrupt shit corrupt going, shit going on. on. Potentially. But the corrupt shit would be happening whether they have a club know. or not. That's just fucking weird. Like, I don't know. Like, burning shit and, like, chanting and stuff. I don't know. It's just stuff like that gives me the goosebumps. I mean, it's, bur- it's Burning Man. Yeah. That's what Burning Man is. Yeah, I don't know. It just gives me, the thought of it gives me the willies. Like, it's yeah. just... That, that creeps me out Like the seance of it Yeah And just I don't know It gives me chills And makes me uneasy <laughs> Oh my god These people are burning shit Fucking loons dude If you've ever burned something And made a seance Send us an email At Simply Won't Send us an email At Simply Won't Buy Mailbag We'd love to hear it And talk about it That's right Would we though? Oh yeah Oh yeah I'd talk about it No problem You can say you I don't think we <laughs> I'd say no there's problem. No, there's no that we would love to talk about it. I could give two fucks to talk about it. If you've connected to the devil through a Ouija board, send us an email. You got hate in your heart. If you got hate in your heart, brother, let it out. Oh. But uh, what about you, Colin? What have you been thinking about? Steam had their uh, next fest mm-hmm. this past weekend, which is where basically a bunch of demos and stuff are available. Oh, yeah. Um, for like up and coming games and things like that. One of my favorite things to do is hop on there and just go to, you can sort it by like most downloaded demos. Sure. There's a game that I'm really excited for that I think we talked about whenever it was first revealed, um, either at like E3 or a PlayStation event um, called Pacific Drive. And it's kind of got like a cartoon esque um, art style to it, kind of cell shaded. But basically, it's a first person, you're driving a like, a real beat up car that you're having to scrap and scavenge to repair um, through the Olympic excursion exclusion zone, which is mm-hmm. basically the Olympic Peninsula up there by Seattle, uh, where sometime I think it was in like the 50s or 60s, something happened there and they walled it off. They just have a massive exclusion zone up there. Mm. And it's like this weird extra dimensional thing. There's a ghost town. I think it's more in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's basically it's Silent Hill. Or yeah, like something happened or like... A f- there was a coal mine and it caught fire beneath the city, beneath the town. And so then there's just constantly smoke and stuff coming up through the cracks in the ground. And- no, yeah, we talked about that. I don't think it was that. I think it was something else. I can't remember what it was. There was like an emergency evac situation. So like everything's just left, left mm-hmm. there. I'll figure it out. We'll talk, yeah. I'll talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, 
just keep in mind that does that sounds remarkably like the town in Pennsylvania that inspired Silent Hill. Maybe it's not Pennsylvania. Could be. But um, yeah, so you just you're basically a visitor there, Mm -hmm. and uh, the demo is basically like the first hour of the game, effectively. And so I was playing around with that. It's pretty cool. uh, Of like. You're driving around in the car, you're scrapping stuff, trying to get things together and uh, to get you back out of the exclusion zone. Um, and the world will start to like decay around you and shit. Mm. You got to drive out of there and get the fuck out. Um, I don't know if there's combat or not. I didn't really get. I'm cool with no combat. Yeah, I didn't no get a mind. vibe that there would be. It felt more like there's going to be some hardcore evasion. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to get the fuck out of here. I still um, want to play that choo choo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what was that? Uh, Choo Choo Charlie? Mm-hmm. Looked pretty cool. But then I played a demo for uh, Drug Dealer Simulator 2, <laughs> which actually was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, it still needs to be optimized. There was quite a bit of uh, like frame rate dropping. Where I was like, golly, I am stuttering here. And I know it's not the computer because I just played <laughs> right. you know, Battlefield 1 with no trouble. <laughs> you know, Not a single lag. Yeah. But um, it is going to be co-op. And you can like... Be warlords. Build dealing. your end. Yeah, build your empire. I'm, I'm tu- like, I'm Tuco. Yeah, I'm like, we're going to be drug dealers. Uh, you know, build it up from the ground, mm-hmm. dude. Uh, and then I played a, a demo for a game about the back rooms. Oh, um, the camera was pretty weird. I mean, it was like a VHS style. Yeah. And as you're running, it's got a lot of like, yeah, mo- yeah. like a body cam. Yeah. And the uh, <laughs> your character breathes hard when you're sprinting. So, yeah, I mean, I was kind of like, I had to turn it down because you just... <laughs> as I'm sprinting, and I'm just like, oh, oh fuck, God. Uh, it was pretty spooky. There's some creatures in there that are chasing you. And it's co-op as well. I always like seeing them. Well, maybe we'll try that one out. Yeah. But uh, I always like seeing the back room stuff on TikTok. Yeah. I eat that I shit up. I feel like there was one more demo that I played, but it didn't really... You played the new Silent or P- is it Silent Hill PT? What game was it? Yeah, um, yeah, it was called Silent Hill: A Short Message or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was fine. It was free, which helped, but it didn't feel very Silent Hill. Yeah, uh, didn't even take place in Silent Hill. Uh, didn't really have much. I mean, I, I guess tonally there was a little bit of overlap in the idea of like you're in a weird. Limbo. Um, yeah, space between spaces. Uh, and there's definitely a level of like <clears throat> self-reflection and judgment, which is a pretty common theme in Silent Hill. It's like yeah. that's part of why you're there, why you're stuck there. It's because you're being judged. Um, so that's one of the main themes of Silent Hill 2, at least, is this idea of it being like purgatory almost, mm-hmm. um, awaiting your judgment. But uh, I don't know. It was. It was a weird one. The writing was kind of rough. Yeah. Where I was like, this is about as subtle as a gun. You know what I mean? It was very much like, it, it felt like it was written by a 16-year-old girl of like, what if people wanted to kill themselves and then we could convince them not to? And you're like, that's so fucking that's deep, That's so dude. fucking woke. That is deep as fuck, dude. Like, that's about as deep as a baby pool. Where like, are you? Yeah, it was just a little like, okay, I get what you're doing. And then they continue to do it for another hour or and a half. And you're like, no, nope. right. yeah, no, I still get it, you know? <laughs> and the acting was a little... A little rough for, like, mm. the the subject matter. Like, if they were going to pull it off, first of all, it would need to be more subtle, and the acting would need to be better. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, the writing was very, let me hammer you over the head with this. And then I'm going to act it out like this and talk about how I didn't mean to make her hurt herself. And you're like, brother, this is tough. <laughs> but there was some good gameplay. The graphics were very nice on it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they also, at the same time, showed off some uh, Silent Hill 2 combat footage. Uh, and like a bunch of Silent Hill Two fans are like all butthurt because it's more modern style uh, okay. combat. It looks more like the Resident Evil remakes as far as the um, mobility in your combat. But I'm like, did you want the tank controls from 1998? Yeah, no, no. It's got to feel like a modern game. They got to beef it, yeah. and it can still be. It's still going to be scary. Yeah, because you can figure the modern uh, like Deadpool or Dead Space and Resident Evil. Two remake still managed to have the uh, survival mm-hmm. horror elements because your ammo is still limited. Yep. There's still a lot of enemies that you're like, I'd better just get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. It's easier to run than to fight. Yeah. And the enemies in Silent Hill are vastly more disturbing than zombies. Figure you've got like the weird mannequins that are just two sets of legs on top of each other, you know? Yeah. And then you've got the weird like flesh creatures where they're, they've got legs, but then it looks like their arms are just stuck inside their flesh and they can't get out. And obviously there's Pyramid Head. Mm-hmm. You got the nurses. <laughs> the oddly sexy nurses, yeah. Which is like, uh, that's a whole thing. I could do a fucking essay on Silent Hill 2. There's so much... Uh, I could do one of the nurses. Right, well, and honestly, like I know you're making a joke, but you're like, no, Isn't, That's not. one of the shticks That's of part it. of the shtick is like, it's his lust. Mm-hmm. And it's this weird like dichotomy of like, why is that nurse so hot and terrifying? And terrifying. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's, <laughs> that's the awful things men would do for lust mm-hmm. you know um one of the bosses in silent hill 2 is straight up uh like it doesn't have a name or anything like that when you fight it and it's just a mattress that screams and cries like a woman and has legs and arms coming out of it and when you kill it you get like an achievement or like a, a note or something called bad daddy and you're like oh my god oh god that is awful that's yeah um but so i'm kind of excited I don't, uh, I've heard that the, I don't know much about the developers, mm-hmm. the Bluebird team, I think is the name. Um, they made a game called Layers of Fear, which I, I played and enjoyed. It's it was kind of a psychological scary. horror, like first person walking simulator type horror game where you're just walking through a mansion and really weird psychological, like mind bending things keep happening. It's the kind of thing where like <laughs> you open a door. You step in, you turn around, you step back out, and it's totally different, and the world's bending around you, yeah. and that kind of thing. But um, I've heard that like their most recent game, I can't remember what it was called, like maybe the Demonologist or the Exorcist, something like that. Um, it was kind of a Silent Hill-inspired game, yeah. so it makes sense that they got picked to make the remake of Silent Hill 2, but apparently that game wasn't very good. So some people are kind of nervous, but it's like, well, the story's already there. The story's already there. They don't have time to fuck that up. Mm -mm. Um, It's just the gameplay that would be the the thing they they could screw up. But uh, I'm hoping it's good because it's one of my favorite survival horror games. Hope. Poisons Poisons the the soul. soul. I'm excited to see Pyramid Head in person. Well, not in person, but in like modern graphics. But got to make them tall, at least like nine feet. Yeah. Horrifying. That no shirt. giant fucking sword. And that huge fucking iron head. Yeah. No shirt. His introduction in the game is him assaulting one of those mannequins. 
Like sexually assaulting it. Uh, bang. I want to see him rip the skin off that woman again. <laughs> yeah, that was just in the movie. Mm, that was pretty yeah. cool. I remember seeing that as a kid, and I was yeah. just like scary. The first Silent Hill movie, I remember it being fine. Like, it was pretty fine. But then they made like, I think maybe one or two. Where I don't even know if they're sequels so much as we're going to try this again. Mm-hmm. And they're just not good. The most, the most recent one uh, was really bad. And they tried to adapt like Silent Hill 3. And also set up a Silent Hill 2 movie, which is like out of order. Yeah. And also, well, we're going to make references to Silent Hill Downpour as potentially, uh, and you're like, what is going on here? Just start <laughs> just, over. Just first of all, this movie wasn't good, so I'm mm. not excited about anything else you want to try. And uh, also, let's not put too much in one. Yeah. That's a lot. Just keep it as but, one. Make it purgatory and spin it off that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could... I've been hurting for some Silent Hill, honestly, with all the talk about Hubbub. it. Yeah, so I'm excited. But the last thing I've been thinking about, actually, before we wrap it up here, the game Paralives that we've talked about, that's going to be like the indie version of Sims. Oh, yeah. They showed off full gameplay oh, of nice. uh, their like live mode, and it looks pretty cool. Uh, pretty, I like the art style on it. It's very like hand-drawn. Um, you know, stylized like that. It's the one that it's build mode is really in depth. That's what you were telling me and showing me. But uh, the live mode is really, uh, there was a lot of context in the conversation, which was cool, mm. where like you could pick what you ask them yeah. and things like that. Oh, that'd be and nice. And depending on where you're at, you get different options. Um, and there's like percent chance of success with like flirting and things like that, where it's like, oh, well, you guys aren't very close. So there's only a 4% chance that they're going to go for that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and your character can like level up as well so they can get better at like even their personality things, mm-hmm. uh, which was interesting. But they straight up in their trailer were like basically as like a big middle finger to EA. Uh, it's going to enter early access. Their goal is early 2025. But they said that it'll be constantly updated for free and will never have paid DLC as like a big bold, you know, never have paid DLC. So I thought that was pretty promising that they're mm-hmm. like making the statement now. And then, you know, they basically have to hold themselves to that because yeah. otherwise everybody will be able to point to that trailer. Hey, remember when you first showed it off and said we wouldn't that charge you? That wasn't going to be a thing. Yeah. Where uh, that? And then you've got EA who nickel and dimes the shit out of you. Um, if they're able to stick it to EA, that's going to make EA kind of shit their pants a little bit. But yeah. if not, EA is going to lean back and laugh. The people that make um, City Skylines are making a, a life simulator. Um, I don't remember what it's called. Like My Life or something like that. But it looks different enough that I don't know. You know it wouldn't necessarily be for everybody, mm-hmm. but it looks pretty in-depth as well. So I think, yeah, yeah, it needs to start watching their back. I think they've got some competition, which like we've always talked about. That's what The Sims needs because the concept's good. It's fun to have a life simulator. But by golly, if you if EA's got the corner on the market, you're going to spend six hundred dollars to get everything they've made, which is just fucking obscene. Stupid. But I think that's everything I got for you, kid. The uh, If you guys enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us a great review and likes and all that good stuff. Uh, make sure you give us five stars on iTunes, uh, Pop, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to us. Uh, tell your friends about us. Mm-hmm. Spread the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe on that audio streaming service of choice. That way you get notified when we post our episodes every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. 
If people want to get in touch with us, tell us what they thought about Dune, uh, the Deadpool 2 trailer, Deadpool 3 trailer, uh, or anything like that, how would they do that, Chris? Yeah, you can always take a look at us. You can check us out on like our socials, our Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. <laughs> it's Simply Wilm Podcast. Our Twitter handle is Wilm underscore Simply. You can always uh, send us an email at simplywilmmailbag at gmail.com. That's right. Uh, next week's episode, do you know what it is? Do you remember? Is it Marvel? It's Madam Web. Madam Web. Yep. Yep. So we'll see how that is. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, right. But uh, I don't know if this is good or bad, but from a financial standpoint, it's like, okay, well, maybe uh, it'll do well. It's only an $80 million movie. So don't know if that makes me feel good or bad about it, but it's not a $200 million movie like Argyle, yeah. which is just getting absolutely butt-fucked at the box office right now. So... Not in a good way. No, no. And it didn't, yeah, it didn't want the butt fuck. It's upset about it. Uh, I think that's the end of the episode, Chris. Everybody, bye. Bye.